grandparents, a special opportunity we have to pray and to um, minister um, and to, to care for our, our grandchildren. Um, and it's not just limited to biology, really, is it? Um, those of us who are in our older generation also have the opportunity to encourage the generations that follow. In 2018, Annette and I had the privilege to have a holiday over in Canada and the United States. Um, one of the highlights of the trip for me was a visit to Washington, D.C. And um, Washington, D.C. has all of these amazing free museums that you can go to. And nearly everybody you talk to, they talk about the Museum of Natural History or the Museum of um, Space, Aero, um, Air and Space. But there was a museum that I really wanted to go to. It's called the Museum of the Bible. And in Washington, D.C., it's a six-storey building and it's devoted to um, sharing information and all sorts of things about the Bible. There's a few, a few snapshots up there of it as well. You go into the, into the building and um, they have all sorts of displays and artefacts. On one floor, they have two walk-through tours. On one side, you can walk through um, a Nazareth village and, um, and go through the Gospels and there's all sorts of scenes that you become part of. If you take the other direction, um, you walk through the Old Testament, starting by breezing through the Garden of Eden, um, through the, the rivers of the Red Sea as you, you walk across, and then you come to a room, and in this room there's a pile of rocks. And this pile of rocks, that's not in the museum, but that's just another picture, is the memorial that the people of Israel constructed um, when they crossed the Jordan River to enter the promised land. And as I thought about today and about coming and sharing, I thought that pile of rocks is a great thing for us to reflect on from God's Word. So let me read you a little bit of the story from Joshua chapter 4, verses 1 to 9. When the whole nation had finished crossing the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, Choose twelve men from among the people, one from each tribe, and tell them to take up twelve stones from the middle of the Jordan, from right where the priests are standing, and carry them over with you, and put them down at the place where you stay tonight. So Joshua called together the twelve men he had appointed from the Israelites, one from each tribe, and said to them, Go over before the ark of the Lord your God into the middle of the Jordan. Each of you is to take up a stone on his shoulder, according to the number of tribes of the Israelites, to serve as a sign among you. In the future, when your children ask you, what do these stones mean? Tell them that the flow of the Jordan was cut off before the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. When it crossed the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. These stones are to be a memorial to the people of Israel forever. So the Israelites did as Joshua commanded them. They took the 12 stones from the middle of the Jordan according to the number of the tribes of Israelites, as the Lord had told Joshua. And they carried them over with them to their camp where they put them down. 
Joshua set up the 12 stones that had been in the middle of the Jordan at the spot where the priests who carried the Ark of the Covenant had stood. And they are there to this day. That last little bit. The setting of this account is not actually while they're crossing the River Jordan. Um, the, writing, the writing of this is some time after because they're talking about some stones that have been there to remind the people of their relationship with God and they are there as a memorial so that in the journey that the people were on, they were to continue to look back and get their strength from their relationship with God. And so it's saying that these rocks were there until this day. The, the, the basic um, account tells us that the people of Israel had been wandering around in the desert for about 40 years. There were times when they were obedient to what God said and there were times when they were disobedient to what God said. They weren't perfect. But after 40 years, they came to the River Jordan. Moses, who had been their leader, had passed away. They had a new young leader by the name of Joshua. But it seemed as though they had come to an impasse because the River Jordan was in a great flood. No person could get across the flooded river. And so here are the people sitting and waiting. The account of which is remembered by the stones is that where it was humanly impossible, with God all things are possible. And so God was able through Joshua to lead the people to a point where the river was stopped and they were able to walk across on dry land to the promised land, into the promised land. This was a walk of faith. This was um, an opportunity for the people to um, see God at work when they put their trust in him. And so the passage that we read tells the details how God wanted to help them to remember not, not their failings, but a time in their journey when they so trusted God that God had led them into the new world, into the new land. You know, here at Bracken Ridge, we are also um, a group of people, um, a multi-generational group of people. God is telling us that he wants to lead us. But we have to love and honour and respect all the generations which make us the people of God. We need to honour the past, just as those pile of rocks meant that the people at that day could look back and remember how God had worked in the past. In fact, we build on the foundations of those who go before. The, the, the rocks also remind us of a present because we live in a time when we want to do our own thing, go our own way, and God says, remember back to the past so that you can continue to build on that in the present. But the rocks also had a future purpose, and that was for the children and the children to come to remember that when they saw that rock, to tell the stories, if you like, from the grandparents through the parents to the children of how God had worked. 
If I wanted to um, give you a, um, a simple statement, and for those who, who nod off about now, just remember this, build on the past, give testimony in the present for the benefit of the future. To me, that's what Grandparents' Day is about. It's actually recognising the different generations, that we, we build on the past so that we have strength in the present, but we are committed to the future. As a grandparent, I can't have a greater prayer than that my grandchildren will grow up to love and follow God. For my children too, but we all have a part to play, as you've heard in some of the testimonies and stories that we've had so far today. Now, sometimes when we talk about building on the past, we get the wrong idea. We actually think that somehow or other we want to go back and live in the past. That's not wise nor true. We can't turn back time, but what we must not forget is the cost and the price and the journey that people have taken in the past to bring us to where we are now. And memorials are a great way to do it, whether it's a physical memorial like a pile of rocks on the edge of a river, whether it's a memories of memories of, of things that have happened in the past. Sometimes when we stop and think back to the past, it inspires us to live in the present. Let me show you a couple of memorials that have uh, strike me in that way. The first one is, um, I don't know if you can read that, so um, I'll, I'll give you the picture. There's a village in England called Wickford. Happens to be the village that my mother grew up in, her family came from. I was born, not in Wickford, but in a nearby village because we lived in that area. If you go to St Catherine's Churchyard in Wickford, they're all Angl no, they're not all Anglican churches, lots of Anglican churches there. If you go into the churchyard, there is one grave with a memorial stone, and that memorial stone, um, I've taken a photo of there, and that memorial stone is the memorial stone for my grandfather. My grandfather was Sergeant Leonard Victor Longman. At 27 years of age, as a sergeant in the British Army in 1940 during World War II, he gave his life in the defence of his country. He was the sergeant in charge of an anti-aircraft gun battery that in one of the German bombing raids, um, they gave their life. I can't go back and live that life. In fact, my grandfather died 30 years before I was born. But when I remember what he did so that my life could be like now, honour and respect and gratitude is the things that flow. Here's a more recent memorial stone that we took a picture of just a few weeks ago. Annette and I um, were down in Adelaide. Um, you, we don't go on holidays all the time, but this is just my slides, you see. Um, in the Barossa Valley, and um, beautiful development there and an agricultural place. But what really struck me was this memorial stone up on a hill looking across the whole valley. And of course the valley was settled by um, German um, Christians who were fleeing persecution from where they came from. And the, the, the memorial says at the top, Joshua 2.9, the Lord has given us this land. And it talks a little bit about the settlement, but I love the foundation of the last paragraph where it says, the life of the pious pioneers 
was centered around the family and the church. They sought first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, trusting that God would provide their everyday needs. That's what we're talking about. Not thinking that our grandparents and their generations were perfect, they weren't, but building on the foundations that they laid with us. And so we come and we thank God for those who go before us. We honour those who've gone. And of course, while we still have grandparents with us, we, we treasure them. But even for those who've passed on, they have been involved in the building blocks of our life. I think that there is an element of the passage that we've read which is actually trying to capture um, the significance of looking back and learning. But I think the, the rocks themselves have a very important part for that present generation who are now going on and building on those foundations. Those 12 stones were a reminder of how the people in the past who went before had been faithful to God and God had delivered them. And so today, even as a community of God's people in Bracken Ridge, we want to be um, building on the foundations of those who are ahead of us. You might ask yourself, what are the foundations? What, what is the message that the people were to get? Um, and it goes like this. If you go back to Joshua chapter 1 and do a little bit of a study there, you see an amazing story of how the people then listened to God, asked to hear what he was saying, and when God spoke, they were obedient to do what he said and they saw God work in remarkable ways. And that is the message that the next generation needed to hear to be God's ongoing people. And so when we talk about this memorial, um, they wanted to think back to some of those elements of faith. What were they? Well, um, Joshua 1 is one of my favourite passages of scripture. And if you read through, you'll see that God is speaking to Joshua and to the people. And there's a series of commands that he says to those people for them to follow. The first one is like a, a physical command. In, in verse 2 of chapter 1, um, God says, Now then you and all the people get ready to cross the Jordan. God is saying to his people, even though it's been a mixed story to this point, get ready to move forward on my command. And here were the people of Israel who were prepared to move forward. If you keep reading down the verse, it's not just a physically moving forward. There's a, there's a mental level of command as well. And it's to do with God's word. In verse 8 of chapter 1, he says to the people, keep the book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you might be careful to do everything that's written in it. And here is the people faced with a task and uncertain future and God is saying, get ready to move, I'm with you. Ground yourself in my word. Um, stand on the word. And then in verse 9, there's a very famous verse which says, Be strong and of good courage. Don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And what happens there is that he's also talking into the emotions of it, isn't he? It's an emotional command. Okay, it's one thing to step forward. It's another thing to be grounded in God's word. But we also have to have courage to move forward, trusting in God that God will deliver. 
And then there was one more command, and that's some examples in verse 14. And I, I call this a social command. You see, the people of Israel was a diverse group of people made up of different tribes. Um, I guess there was even some tribal rivalry from time to time. And God says, when you move, you've got to move together. You've got to move in unity. And he says in verse 14, All of your fighting men ready for battle must cross ahead of your fellow Israelites. You're to help them. That's the tribe of Reuben, Gad, and, and half the tribe of Manasseh. You see, some of these tribes already had their land. The safe thing would be for them to stay on the other side of the river. But God was saying, no, you are one people. You need to move together. And I think that God speaks to us through his word as well. As those stones were to remind the people of Israel that they were to hear God and to move forward, then my sense is that God's saying that to us today as well. Um, and there's lots of things that we look back and the, 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 the legacies that have been left to us. But these are particularly true for us at Brackenridge as well. So you think about the journey that we're on, asking God what he wants us to do. And God is saying to us, there's a physical command that I have for you. Don't be overwhelmed by the task or the uncertainty. Continue to step forward, not because you can do it in your own strength, but I'm with you. He says to us too, that mental command when he says, we live in a world where people are pragmatic and where if it works, we'll do it and we don't worry too much about principle and doctrine and things like that. But God's saying, no, that's not true. My people are going to be grounded in my word. Hold fast to my word. Be people of my word. Some of us go, oh, we live in a frightening world. And that's certainly true and increasingly true. But God would say to us, don't be afraid. Don't be frightened because I'm with you wherever you go. We need to put our faith in God. And God would echo to us that social command as well. Stay together. You are my people together in unity. God loves diversity, but diversity in unity. So don't go in separate ways. Serve and love one another. And so here we've got this memorial that was set up on the bank of the Jordan. And the memorial reminds us of the past and how we are grateful for how God has worked through his people and, and those who've gone before us, the forebears, the, the grandparents, um, the great-grandparents have, have laid a foundation for us to build on. But that legacy comes to pass when we actually take those principles and build on them in our lives. Not just forget about them and think that's not important. But you know, the third thing in this passage that really strikes me is the future. Because it also says about the vital importance of the next generations. So today in church, we've been, we're blessed to have grandparents and parents, but we also have children. You saw some of our children here sharing about their grandparents. Verse 6 of chapter 4 that we read says this, The stones were to serve as a sign among you. In the future, when your children ask, what do these stones mean? These are stones are to be a memorial to the people of Israel forever. See, we have to be passionate about equipping, about building the next generation. 
And for those of us who are followers of the Lord Jesus, we need to be passionate about the spiritual growth and development of the children that follow us. Sometimes we can do that for our own biological children, but for all of the children that God puts in our area of influence, we need to be praying and serving them. Somebody once said that the church is actually only one generation away from extinction. If the children don't have faith, then where will the church be in the next generation? Um, I can remember, it sounds like I go on holidays a lot, but this is over many years. I can remember we had the opportunity to go over in Wales and um, we had some dear friends and they, they invited me to speak at their chapel in this village in Wales. The thing that struck me the most, it was a lovely time, small congregation, mainly elderly people. When you actually look around in Wales, there are chapels everywhere. Because in the turn of the 1900s, revival stripped through Wales and there was an amazing outpouring of God and the churches and everything else was full with people. Um, they, they, they were alive in Christ. But today, there's lots of empty churches. See, the generation that comes is sometimes the forgotten generation. The biggest problem in the church today, or one of the biggest problems, is the number of children who grow up in church and then don't go on. They talk about it in terms of hemorrhaging, that the church is hemorrhaging because people are not having faith. The Bible says we have to be passionate about that. Deuteronomy 6.4.9 says this, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. God urgently wants us grandparents and parents to be passionate about sharing the faith that God has given us with the generation that follows. God is calling out. And one of the things I treasure about being part of this church, I know I'm new, I've been here 10 months, believe that. Wow, 10 months. But I love the heart that we have for the generations. I love being part of a church which is equally passionate about ministry to the tiniest in our congregation, to the oldest, where everybody is valued, where everybody is honoured and respected. We're different. We do different things, but we love one another, and that's the family that God wants us to be part of. And so on this Grandparents' Day, a challenge to leave with you. And the challenge is this. Let's give thanks for those who've gone before us. I know today specifically we think about our grandparents, but there's a whole generation or generations who have lived their lives and are in the twilight of living their lives who so much of what we enjoy and take for granted we need to stop and respect and to honour and to love. But more than that, for it to be worthwhile, we need to build on the positive foundations that they've left us. But we also need to be motivated in the present. We need to look back and to take those principles, like the principles that we took from the crossing of the Jordan. 
Just as God was able to lead his people across an uncrossable river, God is calling to the current generation to step forward and to trust him so that he can do his work amongst us. But we also need to reaffirm our commitment to the generation that is coming and the generation which are our children. We need to look to the future and to be the people God wants us to be so that, like some of the stories we've heard today, that people will see Christ in us so that our children will have faith. As a grandparent, I want the best for my grandchildren. And this includes that they will grow up to love and serve the Lord and Saviour that I love. May that be our mission and our prayer individually. May it be our mission as a church. May God bless. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. Father, we know you love all the generations. Father, you want us to have a community where all the generations interact and love each other. We thank you for those, Lord, we follow. We pray, Lord, that you give us strength to live for you in the present. And Father, we pray that we will be a blessing for the generations that come. Not for our own benefit or for our own sense of satisfaction, but so that you, Lord, will be able to continue your work and build your church. And Father, that you would bless um, the families um, of our community, of our state, of our nation. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.